What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Exceeding Wild Black. Y'all, I know that I'm dropping this a little late. Um, <laughs> I had the longest day. I had my infusion today and for my, you know, OG listeners, y'all know with my rheumatoid arthritis and stuff, I be having to go through to damn near 500 doctor's appointments within a week. <laughs> but um, I had my infusion today, so it kind of drained me a little bit. So I've been asleep. And normally I always edit my podcast and get everything together the night before. Um, but I didn't because I was kind of outside this weekend. I ain't even gonna lie to y'all. I was outside, you know, and Monday came around and I was just like, you know what? I just want to rest and Blase, blase, and my behind should have been in front of my computer, you know, so I didn't do that, so that's on me, so I apologize to you guys, I know that normally I'm on time, but y'all just gotta bear with me, <laughs> bear with me, but um, yeah, we're going to basically get started with part two, part two of this amazing conversation, like, this was... This episode, these two episodes, um, the one last Tuesday and today, ah, uh, like therapy in the black community is something that we definitely need to discuss. Um, not only, you know, with therapists or with our friends, but with our family members as well, you know, with our parents and just be open, you know, to the different conversations, to the different opinions or uh, mindsets because we need to heal, you guys. We need this. So I'm excited for us to get started um, with part two. If you have, if you're not aware of where we ended, how about you going over to the last episode, listen to that, and then come back over. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, I want to thank Brittany again for this conversation and for enlightening myself and the others in our community. This was a blessing. Thanks again. But here's part two, y'all. So when we talk about, like, unraveling, you know, and we we see that some of the things that we were taught, you know, with our parents and the teachings, you know, we go with our adulthood mm -hmm. and we look back, how do we kind of share that with our parents and show them, like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, because it's kind of like, what they they they're only doing what they know is right, you know. Yeah. They only yeah. taught us what they knew what was right. So when it comes to you know being this new person around our parents, mm. around our family, and then they're mm -hmm. looking at us like that is not how we raised you. You know what I'm saying? That's mm. not what we thought. Like, yeah. Why why are you now changing? And they're looking at you funny, or you know they're asking different questions. How can we not necessarily like break that bond, but express to our parents, to our families, like like this is what we're supposed to be doing this is what we're supposed to be um act how we're supposed to be acting how we're supposed to be feeling like how do we kind of like shed light to that when it comes to our parents and our grandparents and other family members that's awesome so <clears throat> what can happen is as you're able to have a better understanding of who you are now and you can find some confidence in that and stand in this is who I am, where I am, as I am, 
it's easier to then communicate that to your family of origin to say, you know, mom, I know that, you know, you at the time you did your best to do X, Y, Z, and I really love and appreciate everything you did for me. But I've also learned on my own journey and through therapy or whatever you want to share about that is, um, you know, that I don't have to get all A's to be worthy of your of anyone's approval, for example. Mm-hmm. So it it's a practice, you know, but you're able to be able to stand in what you believe to be true for yourself and express thank you for what you tried to do or what you didn't do, but this right. is what I've discovered for myself and this is what I believe and this is how I want to move forward. Or this is how I want to be in relationship with you now. Now, here's the other thing. Sometimes there really isn't an opportunity all the time to, well, let's put it this way. You can always tell somebody what you feel and what you need from them, right? But it's important to manage your expectations about their response to that. So it would be important to prepare yourself for it going either way. Either they're accepting of this new change or they're not, but for that not to then shake you up to where you're crumbled all over again. And that's tricky because we care about what our parents think, right? Right, exactly. We care a lot about that. We care about what our family thinks of us and all of that. But if you have made a decision and a choice that you believe to be true for you in the stage that you are, you have a right to that. And you don't have to prove that to anybody. You really don't. You don't have to prove that. And if if that's the part you can receive, then you can always be open to communicate because there's not so much of a fear of if I do this, they're going to do this to me, and then I'm going to be broken again. No, it's I understand that they do this because this is all they know how to do. They don't know no better. Right, right. They don't know any better. I can do my best to try and teach them how to treat me now, though, that you can do. You can set the boundaries. You can communicate how you feel. And you can say, you know, I, I would appreciate if you would do this or would stop doing that. But but sometimes that's that's as far as it can go. We can't always ex- expect that those before us are going to change all of a sudden because we've had new revelations. That's not always mm-hmm. the case. Yeah. So it's just, you know, managing your expectations but still saying what you need to say because that's what you need to do for you. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, and I ask that because uh, when it comes to me and my parents, and you know, we talk about it a lot, like my parents have always been ones to just be who you are, you know, say what you mm-hmm. have to say, but say it in a respectful manner. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's how I was raised, and that's what I do. You know, mm-hmm. so when so when my mom starts talking about, oh, here y'all go with this gentle parenting and all this, like I start <laughs> laughing because I'm like, well, you know, I get why y'all did what you did, you know, but it's kind of like sometimes it's not necessarily what you think the problem is, you know, it could be something a lot deeper, you know, so that's why we go to the stage of talking things out and making sure that we are understanding of another person's feelings or a child's feelings, you know, so we, like me and my parents, we have this conversation, so it's funny because I want other other people to realize, because I know it's not, it's not the same as me and my parents. You know, yeah. so I want other people to realize that it's okay to have differences, you know, mm-hmm. but also be able to talk it out and 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not you're not going to probably get your parents to understand fully, mm-hmm. you know, your your thought process or why you do the things that you do. Right. But it's always a conversation. There's no need to have an right. argument about it. There's no need to be like, well, this is my child. This is what I'm doing. There's no need for all that. You know, right. all that hostility can go out the window because they're doing what they know and you're doing what you know. Right. You know, y'all both had different journeys. Y'all both had different obstacles, just different lives, you know. We had different yes. lives. So exactly. it's understanding of that, that a conversation is needed. Now, I know that you said, before I get into the the rest of these questions, I know mm-hmm. that you said 2 to 3.15. It's 3.05. Are you still? Yeah, it's okay. I'm good. <laughs> okay, good. My baby's still sweet. So. <laughs> I, I do not want to go over because this is getting good. <laughs> no, it's I don't okay. Want to break up at all. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. good. It's good. We can go. We can, we can go still four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Because yeah. yeah, I still have a I still have a few more questions. You know. Okay. Uh, we'll make it get a little a little deep. So, yeah. Um. My my next question is about women in the workforce. You know, mm-hmm. and how. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of women now today that are wanting to be, you know, CEOs. You you see that you see that a little bit more often than you did back in the day, but it's still mm-hmm. not it's still not as more as it is with men, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And how do we? Um, how can therapy increase our chances of becoming a better employee, manager, or CEO of our business? Mm-hmm. Um. So. I always like to tell people that you're a leader right where you are here and now. It doesn't matter what your position is. When we have a mindset of that, then we're already going to stand with more confidence in whatever position we are working at the time. So I think leadership first is a mindset. And um, you're better knowing yourself like, like, as you can get to know yourself, let's say, going through therapy or life experiences, reflecting on things that you've learned, um, it can help you to build the confidence that you need to do what needs to be done, even if you don't feel confident. Like, sometimes you mm-hmm. still have to present a certain way to get the job done, even if you may be, like, struggling inside, <laughs> right? Right. So um, getting to know yourself and creating some life balance where it's not just performance-based, it's important not to attach our self-worth strictly to our performance because we're not always going to perform at perfection, especially at every single task at the same time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes plans fail, and so it's about learning from that, trying again, testing it out, and just, you know, keep that going. So if you are clear on this is who I am, this is what I'm coming to the table with, these are my gifts, these are my mm-hmm. talents, this is what I value, um, these are my skills, then I know what direction I'm going in, I'm able to be assertive, I'm able to maintain a sense of peace when the professional storms come, because you know they're going to come, especially black women. women. It don't matter where we at, they're coming. And mm-hmm. It helps you to maintain morale. It helps you to have a capacity for the stress. And it Mm -hmm. helps you to prioritize. It's important to learn how to prioritize. Um, Because a pattern I see a lot with many 
successful black women is wanting to put everything on the top of the priority priority list at the same time. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, we're huge multitaskers, okay? Well, we should do it all. <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, you know, like, trying to make sure the kids are doing the top activities at the top school and everybody's going to everything at the same time. Make sure we're eating the best meals when I get home and all that. Make sure that I'm doing all the projects and make sure they're perfect. Like, girl, please. Calm <laughs> right. down. Sit down for a minute. Take a breath. Please. You know, like, let's just be a little more realistic about our limitations and allow ourselves sometimes, even if you're a leader, sometimes you can be weak. Yes. And I think that feels like a oxymoron, I think, for people. But sometimes you just have to admit to yourself, like, no, I don't think I can do that. Like, no. Mm-hmm. No. Just no. <laughs> I, can't. Exactly. I can't do that right now. And it's not that you're incapable, but it is saying I have limits to how much I can do at a given time. And right exactly. now, that may not be a priority for me. So please, give that opportunity to someone else right now. I, you don't have to take all the opportunities because don't, like I mentioned before about the fear-driven success, mm-hmm. fear-driven says, if I don't take it, I'll miss out. Mm-hmm. That's a depravity oh, mindset. <laughs> That's not an abundance mindset. Abundance mindset says, whatever is intended for me to have, I will have it. It's a totally different perspective. So it's about getting clear on that. Sometimes that can only be revealed through relationship with God or, Mm -hmm. you know, someone who you trust, who can see what you're doing and say, well, sis, no, I think you're tripping. I think you're doing too much. And I think you need to rest and sit down, you know? so Yeah, but, but there has to be a balance with that. You can be a leader and you can still... Be weak sometimes. You can still rest. You can still be still when you need to be. But, you know, when it comes to that, I think it's so funny how we want to put everything on top when it comes to our work. You know, we want to take on all the tasks. We want to take on, you know, all the the assignments that we, Mm -hmm. that our company needs because Mm -hmm. we want to prove that we're the best. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We want to prove that we're able to, you know, become that manager, that CEO, that business partner, whatever the case may be. But then yeah. when it comes to our life, we're like, oh, no, we're not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, <laughs> like, like, where, where's the balance in that? You know what I'm saying? How come, how come we can't, how come we can't do what, how, we're, how we're living in our workplace to how we're doing it in our life as well? You know, how come we mm-hmm. can't have the limitations? You know, how come we can't tell ourselves, all right, if they don't see our if they don't see my effort, if they don't see how hard I'm working, you know, if they don't see what I'm capable of doing, then oh well, you know, and that's their loss. How come we mm-hmm. can't take what we're doing in our daily lives into our the workplace? Mm. So are you saying about that work is being valued more highly than the other parts of our lives? Yes. And, okay, and there's an imbalance there. So I, I I do think it it does go back to like you said it before, feeling the need to prove. Mm-hmm. That would probably be the first question. Prove to who? 
Prove to mm-hmm. yourself. Prove to who you're with. Prove to your parents. Prove to others. You know, who are we proving to? What What's mm-hmm. the motivation for why you're working so hard? What's the why? Why? Why are you working so hard in this area but not the other areas? Is it a question of your own self-worth and value of what you deserve? You know, is it is it I can't not rest? And you're like, I have to work. I have to. Because if I don't, back to what we were talking about before about those fear responses. If I don't do this, who's going to do it? Who's going to provide mm-hmm. for my family? Will I be able to have the dream stuff I've always dreamt of having? Will I have to go back to struggle if I don't do it? Like, what's the why? What's the reason why you're doing it? That's what you mm-hmm. have to answer for yourself, right? right. Mm-hmm. What's the motivation? That's that's definitely something to think about because I um and and that was a question for me. I ain't even gonna lie. Mm-hmm. That was a question. <laughs> okay. Because I was I was really thinking like you know I put a lot of effort when it comes to my podcast, my blogs, and the things mm-hmm. that. I want to accomplish, you know, um, career-wise, but Mm -hmm. when it comes to life, you know, when it comes to, you know, my relationships and stuff, I'm quick to say, okay, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm quick to not even work, you know, work for that. If you want to be gone and you want to do it, bye. (laughs) I could do less, you know, but with my work, if if I have the smallest inconvenience, I'm like, oh, no, I need to figure this out. Okay, I need to figure mm. out how I, I, I can be better at this. You know, I need to figure out, you know, how I can fix this problem, this issue. So I feel like I have an imbalance when it comes to work and when it comes to my life, and I just, I just need to find a job. So mm. <laughs> anyway, so when it comes to how you counsel, um, tell us a little bit about this, because I, I know I didn't mention it in the beginning, um, about you being, you know, a therapist and things of that nature. So tell us how you work in your process. Yes. Yeah, so um, my process is to meet people where they are and invite them into a place of safety to just get real. And I ask them upfront about what they're comfortable with, Um Uh, I invite them to ask questions about therapy, and then I also um, share with them about, you know, what I can potentially offer. So typically what would happen is somebody calls, you know, like my number, they see uh, me posted somewhere, they'll contact me, and they have the option of doing a 15-minute consultation, and it's free. And we just, you know, chat on the phone, and I ask them, you know, what brings you to therapy at this time? They tell me what some of the issues are, and then I say, oh, yeah, that sounds like something I can help you with, or maybe I can't. And the reason I wouldn't be able to is if it's outside of my um, my scope of practice or outside of my expertise. And if that's the case, then I would just refer them to where they need to go. But if we are a good fit, then um, I would, you know, begin what we would call an intake process where I send them paperwork. So they can tell me a little bit about them, their background. Uh, I mentioned before that biopsychosocial, right? Like <laughs> um, any medical stuff going on, um, you know, what you're thinking and feeling, a little bit of that, um, how you're functioning at this time, what symptoms are you experiencing, 
you know, how's it affecting your work life and your family life, so forth and so on. And then we would um, have a session that's about uh, 60 minutes for the intake and 50 minutes for ongoing individual therapy. And we'll just address whatever those issues are. So a lot of times I like to just um, do exercises like what messages have I received from the world that tell me, you know, who I am or that have caused me to create protective layers around me, you know, that have closed me off or what things have caused me fear? What are you worried about? You know, what do you regret? What do you resent? You know, we just go in there. We go deep. We just try to unravel and uncover all the stuff that may feel icky to do in any other way. But what's different is if you're in a space that's non-judgmental, then you can just say whatever you need to say. Because right. I'm not going to be like, what? You want to be what? <laughs> Girl, you tripping. Right. Like, you know, people don't want to say a whole lot if they feel like being judged. So that's the beauty of therapy is to say, "Uh uh-huh, I know I can see how you might feel that way. Yeah, so let's talk about if you were to act that way, though, what do you think could happen? (laughs) You know, so like, it's okay to say that maybe you want to hurt somebody. Oh, I'm sure you do. He cheated. I get that. I bet. (laughs) Let's explore. Let's explore. If he did cheat in the knees, you know, what, what do you think could happen as a result of that? So it's a right. space to just say what you got to say and let's process through it. And let me teach you how to process through the pain. Let me teach you how to cope with the feelings that are not going to go away overnight. Let me mm-hmm. teach you how to be patient with your own process of being weak right now. Let me teach you how to ask for what you need versus going about it in ways that aren't helpful and productive for you. Let me teach you how to face it and not avoid it, hoping it'll go away, and on and on and on and on. So that's what therapy is about, doing the self-work so that you can be your best self. And, and you are taking uh, new new clients, correct? I am, yes. I am able to see clients in Georgia at this time. Um, okay. A new law has passed that has Expanded counselors' ability to see um, in, in different states, uh, but I haven't started that process yet. So <laughs> right now, it's just Georgia. Yeah, and okay. I do all online telehealth therapy as I raise my toddler at home. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, so I'm going to be a client. <laughs> <laughs> on your podcast, on your platform. You know, like, you're asking the questions people want to know. You're asking oh, it, and you. you're putting yourself on the forefront. Like, <laughs> I commend that. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I that you handle a lot when it comes to um, holistic health, and you try to find ways um, 
to heal people through holistic things. So what mm-hmm. are some of the holistic ways to start their healing process? So I always um, verify their level of comfort to talk about spiritual topics. Because um, like I said before, I don't feel that there. Therapy can always be most effective without addressing that part. So, but I, I'll meet people where they are because sometimes people are wounded from, you know, church hurts or um, certain distortions about certain things. And so you got to respect where the person is presenting from. But we'll talk about that. Um, we'll also address just like daily life wellness stuff. Like, what is it like? Are you able to sleep? Like, if you're not able to sleep, we need to address that pretty quickly because lack of sleep will make anybody, this is a bad word for a therapist, but crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> like not sleeping is a recipe for disaster. So we'll address that. We'll address um, your eating habits. We'll address if you're getting any exercise, if you're able to exert energy, Um well, so the physical part will mm-hmm. also address your social life because wellness requires support. So what support can be utilized to help you through this walk you're going to be taking of self-discovery? Um, we'll also talk about how to care for yourself in between sessions. I love to give lots of homework. So if you don't like your homework, I may not be the therapist for you. But I like <laughs> to <laughs> I encourage clients to continue the work until the next session kind of thing and then tell me about your experience of that. Um so yeah, so like spiritual, we say physical, um, of course emotional, that's kind of the point of therapy, mental, mm-hmm. um, social, um, and even uh family of origin stuff. A lot of who we are, as we said before, is a nature and nurture type of thing. Mm-hmm. The nature of where we come from, uh, our family genetics and how that plays a part, and family dynamics, how that plays a part. We have to explore that because that's kind of the filter we see the rest of the world through. So when we can get clear about that, then we say, oh, that's why I do that because my mama used to pop off. When my dad mm. wouldn't take the trash out, that's why I was popping off. Dang, I see that now. You know, so looking yeah. at patterns of behavior and and responses and all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. basically good work. work. Yeah, because I think we all need to recognize the things that we do because even though we may think that what we're doing is correct, is right. right Right. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, half the yeah. time it isn't. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's because we're just so used to it, and we know yes. that I'm, I've always done this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, nobody has exactly. you know, to you know, talk to me at all. You know, but yes. you meet that one person that will tell you that is expressive and say, uh, don't talk to me like that or don't do that. Like, I, you yes. hurt me when you do this. Right. Then, then that's when you start thinking, Dang, well, maybe is, it right. yeah. <laughs> is it me? Is it me? Is it me? And you know, it can rock your whole world to look at yourself, to look in the mirror and be like, dang, was that me? Yeah, that shakes people up. That shakes you yes. up. Yeah, sure. Mm. Sure. <laughs> Do you ever 
do you ever close the door to negative thoughts or do you just learn how to live with them? Uh-huh, you learn how to live with them. There's Unfortunately, <laughs> because we are imperfect human beings and we live mm-hmm. in an imperfect world, we tend to gravitate or be most impacted by negative things. And even, I think, biologically, it shows that, you know, the whole fight, flight, freeze response kind of thing is we, we are, our brain and our bodies are just more impressed by negative experiences. So it's, mm. a, it's a fight. <laughs> it's a fight, a discipline, a battle to combat that. And I, I want to encourage people in knowing that it's not always natural to know how to do that, that that is something that has to be learned through relationships. So, you know, don't, I want people to not feel like, you know, hitting yourself in the head like, dang, I messed up again. Why did I do that? I'm so stupid kind of stuff. No, like, you have to learn how to do the opposite of what you, your body naturally wants to do or what your mind naturally wants to go for uh, or mm-hmm. think. So it's a it's a practice. <clears throat> and, and so I, I don't know if you probably heard of one of the most popular types of uh, therapies is uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, Mm -hmm. right? So CBT is a way to kind of teach you how to um, challenge and reframe and refocus those what we would call maladaptive thought patterns, basically just bad thinking, how to Mm -hmm. rewire that whole thing, how to learn, you know, what triggers you to think a certain way and then how that thought makes you feel a certain way and then how that feeling makes you act a certain way. So you can see your own pattern and learn how to stop it in its tracks and how to replace it with more positive things to say about yourself, more positive coping statements or or self-affirmations or healthy distractions to redirect negative thinking. So it's not it's not a quick natural thing. We just we normally we just default to it, unfortunately. <laughs> so we have to fight against the default. Mm-hmm. Right, but when we when when it when it's actually a default and we're not really sure on if it's a negative thought or if it's just oh this is just what we've always done. This is just what I've always done. How do you determine what's negative and what? You know what? What we're already, what we have already been doing. What is routine to us? Because it may mm-hmm. not be a negative thought to us. You know, it may just yes. be, this, this is routine. You know, what I'm saying this is what I always do. So, how do we determine if it's a negative thought or if it isn't? So, if your functioning is affected and your relationships are affected or your work is affected, if if you're not happy and things aren't right, something's wrong. Okay. If you're not mm-hmm. feeling at peace. If you're, if you don't have joy, if you don't have rest, something's wrong. Something's missing. If there's a pattern of, you know, I keep dating the same guy and getting the same outcome, so what's going on? Why are you choosing the same guy over and over again? What's that about? You know, is it leaving you to feel lonely? Why are you feeling lonely? Because your relationships aren't stable. Why are they not stable? So therapy can help you ask those questions, those hard questions, 
you'll see there's a problem in your own life. The question is, are you going to are you going to admit that there's a problem? Mm-hmm. Are you going to recognize that you're not okay? Because denial can play a big part in all of that, right? right. Like you could be you could be living life and saying, "Oh, I'm good, I'm straight, not they all tripping, whatever." But when everyone is at home by themselves, <laughs> the real right. feelings are there. The real thoughts mm-hmm. are there. So the question is, are you willing to face that reality or not? And that's completely up to you. If you don't think there's a problem, but obviously a parts of your life are falling apart, well, all right. If you say there's no problem, I guess there's no problem. You're right. You sitting in the middle of the fire, but you said there's no problem. <laughs> I ain't burning. I ain't burning. I'm cool. <laughs> I'm straight. Oh, I'm straight. Yeah, like, okay. Okay, so how does being spiritually connected help you learn or understand yourself better? So this really always goes back to you, what you believe. Uh-huh. Do you believe, if you believe that you were created and <clears throat> you believe that there's a source that created you to be what you are, then it's like you mm-hmm. automatically feel like there's some kind of connection. Right. And when you already feel connected, it's like there's already an opportunity for like to 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 know more and be known more, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> like to know and be known. Meaning, I already come from someone, so that means there's already room for love there. And mm-hmm. if there's room for love, then there's an opportunity to trust. And if right. I can trust, then I can choose to commit. And if I can commit to whatever the relationship is, then that means I'm choosing to take time to get to know more. So if I, so let's say if it's a relationship with God, I'm choosing to believe that God created me, that I'm loved by him, and because of that, I can trust what he says to be true, and I can sit in that and believe that he will carry me through the obstacles as they come. And that mm-hmm. I can be open and vulnerable to the people that come my way that are for me. Like, right. you know, like, because it's hard, like you said before, in the dating pool today, everyone seems to be on the defense, <laughs> just mm-hmm. very defensive yeah. and, like, deflective and all this stuff. But I see that the the pattern of society is to become more it's like they're saying that oh we're becoming more social social media but at the same time it's becoming more distant because Mm -hmm. it's just becoming just so much more superficial and people are saying if you're not presenting as perfect as i see you're supposed to be based on social media i ain't got time for that i don't have time for you you're not you're not meeting the standards Mm mm-mm Go away, or you're not doing what these girls are doing, and they look pretty good and successful, and you're not doing that. Nope, I ain't got time for that. So it's not even giving people a chance to be real people (laughs) at Mm -hmm. all. 
It's not. Mm-hmm. And even, like, I see how some people are like, oh, you know, people don't exchange numbers anymore. They just ask for your your IG that's saying that I don't really want to talk to you on the phone. That's too much effort for me. <laughs> Let's just see how it goes with this IG thing. Like, you're not even giving people a chance because, like you said, it's just fear. You fear yeah. what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So let's try to get to know, and then you'll have less fear. So if you know that you're already known by your creator and you believe what your creator says about you, you believe that he was intentional with how he created you, you believe mm-hmm. that he has given you gifts and abilities and talents, and you can see that manifested in your own life, then you have to trust and believe that he will help you attract the right person for you and that he will give you the words to say, to ask the right questions, to get to know this person better. And then you all can walk together and grow together in that. But if you don't have a basis and, and you don't know where you come from, then how will you know who you are? Right. How will you even know that? Right. right. You have to have a foundation within yourself first before you can build a foundation with somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let me also say this, though. I don't, I also don't want anyone to have a misconception that just because you've done a lot of self work that you're finished once you're married, because that's not true either. Or, right. Once you're in relationship, okay? Because right. that starts a whole nother chapter of getting to know yes. yourself. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. Sure. So. Sure. But it is good to at least identify these are my goals, dreams, aspirations, values, gifts. Does that match with yours? Cool. Let's do this thing. And then we can grow together and get to know each other more together. That's what I mean. Yeah. A hundred percent. So if someone's still trying to find themselves, you know, they're in this process of, healing themselves and recognizing, you know, their trauma, their past trauma, and so forth and so on, do you think that they should be involved in a relationship? So I think it depends on their level of response to their trauma at the present time. Right. So in in essence, everyone has experienced some type of trauma. But Mm -hmm. if someone has experienced, let's say, severe trauma and their current response to that severe trauma is um, being maybe very uh, hypervigilant or um, having, like, flashbacks and nightmares or, or having a hard time getting close to anyone in any real way or being avoidant or in some cases, even having an addiction or emotional numbness, those would be signs that you need to go to therapy yesterday and it's time (laughs) to work on that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If, let's say, you had traumatic experiences in your past and you recognize that those experiences, you know, yes, in a lot of ways they have affected the way I trust people, and it causes me to be hesitant in these ways, but I'm still able to function pretty well on a daily basis. You know, I can I can go to work. I can handle my responsibilities. Um, you know, I'm eating okay. I'm sleeping well, whatever. Then 
maybe it's just important to be transparent with whoever it is that you trust enough that you want to enter into a relationship with to say, you know, this is my background. This is what I've been through. And so sometimes I might respond in this way because of that. And it's not mm-hmm. that it's you, you know, I think you're great right. and I think this or whatever, but it's just I'm triggered by that. You know, if you're able to articulate that, then maybe it's okay for you to keep doing that and enter relationships. But if you can't even put words to what happened to you, you can't put words to how you're feeling about it and how you're dealing with it, then no, I, w- I wouldn't say you're ready to be in a relationship. But if you can't talk to yourself about what happened, then you darn sure can't talk to anybody else. Exactly. So you got to exactly. process that with you first. Yeah. Right. So do you? So I would assume that you believe that hurt people hurt people. Yes. <laughs> That's why everybody's hurting each other. <laughs> everybody <laughs> is hurting on some level or another. Okay. How about that? Right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So what are some healthy ways to communicate our emotions? Oh, yes. So I think I mentioned before, the first thing is definitely to get clear about what the emotions are. So Mm -hmm. we have to label them first. And so sometimes I'll even give clients like an emotions wheel where I got like, I don't know, 50 emotions on there. And then mm-hmm. they can pick and choose what they're feeling at the time. Or sometimes I have, like, little faces with the emotion on the face to help them recognize that. So I would start there. Um, and then recognize how your emotions cause you to respond or react to other people. Mm-hmm. And then when you're clear on that, then you can communicate um, using what we would call I statements. Um mm-hmm. That sounds something like, you know, I feel sad when you, you know, or I feel angry when you don't pick me up for our date on time. <laughs> like, right. that makes me feel um, like I'm not important or dismissed, and I don't appreciate that. And you could say what I need is, because that's how you're now teaching people how to treat you, like what I need from you is to at least call me if you're running late and let me know what's going on, and then, you know, I can know what to expect. So, but it starts with identifying what you're feeling first, how it causes you to react and behave, and before asking someone to come and do anything about that, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I guess my 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 next question would be, and this will be my last question, um, the last question that I have for you, and then we can go into the questions that other people have for you. I think there are like five of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but my but my last question is, are you ever completely healed? Mm. Because I I personally I feel like you know with me being on this self healing journey, you know, and me recognizing. Um, the things that have affected me and the things that I'm triggered by. Um, personally, right now, I do feel more at peace than I mm-hmm. have in a very long time. You mm-hmm. know, um, I just I just came to terms with this, like, maybe, like, a month ago. Not even going to lie to you. Um, mm-hmm. And I started recognizing that I am very much peaceful, but I have also recognized that 
I'm still not quite happy. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm at peace, but I'm still not. I, I, what I thought peace was going to be was like peaceful, and I'm just happy all the time. You know, what I'm, yeah. I'm happy every day. You know, what I'm saying like there's nothing that can that can go wrong. But what I'm recognizing is that okay, I'm at peace, but sure you don't have no type of happiness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like. And that's not to say that I'm not happy at all, because I yeah. do to a certain extent, but it's just kind of like, I do have those moments where it's like, I feel sadness, you know, yeah. and I feel alone, and I just feel kind of like empty, in a sense, and I feel mm. the void, you know, mm. so I guess, like, my question is, will will I ever, or will anybody ever be completely healed? I will say no, and let me explain why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. I know you didn't expect me to say that, probably. Um, this still goes back to your belief system. <clears throat> I think no matter what anyone's belief system is, we can all agree that we live in an imperfect world and we're imperfect people. That's the only reality we know to be true. Now, based on what you believe can determine the kind of hope you have about things one day being better, right? Mm -hmm. If I speak just for myself, my own personal belief, you know, I'm a Christian person, a believer, and my hope lies in the fact that I believe Jesus is coming back and will be made new creatures and go to heaven and everything will be great. But if that's not the hope, then the question is, what? rather than it be happiness, because happiness, I believe, is temporal. Happiness is different from joy. Happiness mm-hmm. is more dependent on external things happening to determine whether or not I'm going to feel up or down. Joy, on the other hand, I think is a space where you can find hope even in the midst of foolishness going on. Where it goes back to that anchor and that core mm-hmm. of saying that even if these people disappoint me, even if I don't get the job, even if those horrible things happened to me in the past, I still can have joy knowing that I'm doing the best I, I can, <clears throat> knowing that I have something to look forward to because there's always room to grow and change. Right. And I still have goals that I'm aspiring to. I feel like I have purpose. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a sense of purpose and, and a sense of being and, like, or even just enjoying who you are as a person, um, it, it'll be even more challenging to see healing for what it is. In the context of the counseling world, healing is on a spectrum, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what is healthy is on a spectrum because, like, mental health disorders or dysfunctional or unhealthy or whatever, it's saying that uh, how are you deviating from the norm of what healthy looks like based on what society is doing right now? (laughs) That's kind of how it's measured, right? Mm -hmm. It's not saying that some people are completely healthy and other people are just horribly not healthy, but it's saying that it's a spectrum. If on the spectrum you are suffering based on your symptoms and the symptoms are, are intense 
and they're frequent, and they're preventing you from functioning well in your everyday life, then you're you're struggling. Then that's very unhealthy. But to say I've achieved prime health is saying that you're perfect. <laughs> and it's saying that it's saying that even the healthiest person can go through something they didn't expect and end up on the end of the spectrum, on the other mm-hmm. end, right? So, like, let's mm-hmm. say somebody on top of the world, everything's great, everything's perfect, and then what happens? A child dies. Oh, man. Like, how do you deal with that? So what right. looks so healthy now is not looking so healthy on the spectrum. So mm-hmm. it's like you, there's no escaping bad things from happening to you. That's not our reality. But if we can learn how to manage what we're feeling and understand what's going on and process through it, then we're able to be more healthy than maybe we are at a certain state. But there's no such thing as optimum health in the world as we know it. That that doesn't exist. That would be perfection. And that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. There's nobody on this planet that is perfect. No. Um, And I guess that's. And I guess that's what we have to realize, too, right? We still, even though we say that, we still try to, yes, we still try to be perfect. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, even though we say nobody on this planet is perfect, I'm not perfect, but we still try to achieve that. And it's like, yes. why? Why put, why put that pressure on ourselves if we already know that it does not exist? Yeah. And um, I... I constantly have to tell myself that too, you know, because yeah. um, I love I love using the word I'm a I'm a perfectionist, you know I'm a perfectionist, um, you know I love using that word, but at the same mm-hmm. time I know that I have some flaws in what I do as well. Yeah. You know, there's some there's some things that I need to tweak, you know. I am yeah. not perfect, you know, whatsoever. But yeah. I think it's definitely exactly what you said. It's a mindset. It's a kind of train in the sense, and it's called recognizing that. We are not perfect. You know, we will never right. be perfect. And now, let me say, I w- I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jasmine. I wanted to put no, this part when, when you were saying, in a sense, like, why do we keep seeking perfection? I, mm-hmm. I, I want to respond to that to say that, again, based on belief, if the belief is I was created by someone who is perfect, then it's kind of instilled in me to strive towards that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. Initially, perhaps, you know, we were created to be perfect, but then choices came in. <laughs> and then, right. You know, right. people make choices, and then here comes the fall, right, of man or whatever mm-hmm. you believe. So it's like, so then it, it, it's to say you're seeking to get back to where you were supposed to be all along. Mm-hmm. And based on what you believe will determine what kind of hope you will have that that reconciliation will will come again. But that's, that's up to the believer. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it does. Goodness. Goodness. Oh, yeah. basically, y'all, we ain't never going to be here. <laughs> we ain't never going to be here. But the, but the most important thing is, the most important thing is that you need the person or whomever you decide to place into your life, 
you need to make sure that they're still willing to grow because there's yes. a lot of people that are still stagnant, that are still convinced Ooh. that this this is this is what I'm going to be and this is who I'm going to be for the rest of my life. So if they're yeah. not willing to grow, if they're not willing to grow with you, then you just need to leave. You know, because there's no there's no person on this planet that should still be in your life if they're not willing to grow with you, if you're not willing to at least be able to learn from them. You know, mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be you just teaching them, but you guys teaching each other mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So whoever yeah. you have in your life, whether it be a man, a girl, friend, family, foe, whatever it is, <laughs> make sure that that person, y'all are able to grow with each other and y'all are able to learn with each other. Yeah. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brittany. Now, yeah. I do have um, some, there's a few questions that um, the audience wanted me to ask you. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's about five five questions, and then after that, I'm done picking up your time. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I'm done picking up your time after this. No problem. So the, the first question is, how do you maneuver through relationships, through a relationship that you know you'll get looks because your partner isn't as attractive as you would like them to be? <laughs> so, what's so interesting is it's less about your partner being attractive and more about your fear of how you're being perceived being with this person who seems unattractive. So, mm-hmm. Because it's important to remember that, you know, we choose who we want to be with. And sometimes people change. Sometimes things change. Sometimes looks change for all kinds of different reasons. So are you experiencing any feelings of insecurity about what you think others are thinking about you? That would be the question I would put back on that person. Um, is there any kind of self-criticism or judgment that they're saying to themselves or, like, self-worth and self-value, you know? Um, it, is the superficial exterior part more important than the other great qualities this person may have that attracted you as well? Um, if it's if it's something where you feel like, oh, you know, usually people are complaining because their partner has gained weight or something. So... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You know, it's okay to talk to your partner openly about it, but be sensitive, too. Like, don't be like, you're so fat. Like, why don't you just say <laughs> this? Like, don't do that. Let's not do that. But you could, you know, approach him gently and say, babe, you know, I just noticed that, you know, you're not really taking care of yourself the way that you used to, and I just want to check in and see what's going on. Like, are, are you okay? Like, have you noticed? Or whatever. Um and and also manage your expectations, though, because especially when, let's say women, when we have children, Lord have mercy, it's a challenge. Your whole body changes. <laughs> right, right, Drastically. Exactly. And it will never be exactly the same as it was. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be mindful of these things when you're in a relationship with people that, Sometimes life is just going to change their physical appearance. If it's clothes, that's easy. You can buy new clothes. But if mm-hmm. it's the person themselves, then you got to, you know, have some compassion and empathy for that and communicate that as gently as possible. If it's if it's a concern more so for their health, then I would say 
you making me look bad. But if that's right. the thing, no, nah, you you need to ask yourself, what am I insecure about? Mm-hmm. The other thing you can do though is like focus on other things, like find ways to like build intimacy because that helps to build attractiveness. Um, like build intimacy maybe more emotionally or like through quality time or, you know finding a way to focus on the other qualities that you enjoy about them and take less focus off of the physical part that can be changed if they choose to change it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next question is, what are the steps of walking through life confidently? I feel like I've been crippled all my life. Hey, child. <laughs> I've been there too. Um, right. Why you playing? Yeah. <laughs> hey, keeping it real. I know for me, and this has probably been a theme through our whole conversation, is your relationship with God. Um, mm-hmm. I know for me, I had to just depend on God to help me with that and um, to be affirmed by what he said of me to be true. Usually mm-hmm. if we're not walking in confidence, it's because we feel shameful, guilty, um, we're putting a lot of shoulds on ourselves. Sometimes I'd be saying, like, you're shitting all over yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's let go of those shoulds, right? Um, right. Or comparing, comparing yourself to others or comparing yourself to an ideal, um, those are usually reasons why we don't feel confident. So I would say first, get to know yourself. Get to know who you are. Mm -hmm. What do you cherish about yourself? What do you like about yourself? You know, what are your talents? What are your values? What are your gifts? If you got to write them down, please do. Write them down so that you're reminded of of what you were already born with, like what you're Mm -hmm. already bringing to the table, to the world. And give yourself grace when you mess up and try again. That was my biggest challenge. I would be so hard on myself. (laughs) Putting all this pressure. Well, nobody else putting it on me as much as I was putting it on myself. Or I was listening to what people thought I should be doing and taking it to heart like, yeah, they're right. I should. I should be doing it. But maybe I don't want to. You know, that's an option. But for some reason, sometimes, especially women, sometimes we struggle with that. To Mm -hmm. say, no, I don't have to do that just to make someone else feel comfortable. No, it's you. It's your life. (laughs) Ain't nobody else living it but you. So whatever you take on has to be your own choice. Um, Another way to help walk confidently is, is to serve others within boundaries. So... You know, it's good to be a service that makes us feel, you know, good, too, to, to know that we're helping someone else. But it's it's also important to know your limitations, as we talked about earlier, and, and give as you're able to give. Don't give beyond your capacity to give, because then you can get mm. resentful and burn out. And that's where you get in trouble. Um, mm. Of course, self-care, you know, pursue your goals, things that you're passionate about. Um Practice gratitude. Ooh. Yes. Yes, that's a big that's one. That's a that big, big one. one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. And it's you so hard to that. do. Like, it is so hard to do to, you know, just just be grateful about where you are presently. Yes. Um, it's, it's hard. And now. 
Exactly. Because if if you're not doing, if you're not already having that in your daily routine, and again, like I was saying earlier when I was saying um, somebody giving me or celebrating me, I was was having a hard time, you know, being grateful for that because it was like, whoa, what? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you doing this? Like, what do you want from me? You know, type of thing. Right, right. Questioned it. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely a big one. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I had to. Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. Absolutely. Gratitude is huge. And it's a discipline. Gratitude is a discipline. Like, it's something you have to practice. So you're right. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, just know, as long as you breathe in, you're worthy. You you have life, so you're worthy to be here. That's enough. It's, It's not anything about what you do or don't do. It's not about performance. It's about... I'm worthy because I'm alive. <laughs> I'm here, aren't I? Aren't I here? So then I have a voice. I have a purpose. I have things to do on this earth because I'm alive. So just just do that. Find what you love. Find what you're passionate about. What do you naturally do that you've never maybe even recognized before? What do you naturally gravitate to? People are turning those things into businesses left and right, like mm-hmm. there are really no limits there anymore. It's like folks want to see that that different thing that's mm-hmm. unique to you. You know how they talk about mm-hmm. how people are their brands now. Like that's really what it is. Yep. You think of yourself that's that way. You are your brand right now, <laughs> right mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. right now. Yes. Oh, and exactly. remove negative influences from your life. Mm-hmm. Remove negative relationships and negative people. Renew, remove negative influences, things that you watch on TV, um, maybe groups that you're around, books you're reading, whatever it is, shut it down because it's just going to distract you from what you really need to be doing to get the joy and peace and hope and all those things that you want. So focus mm-hmm. on those positive things and make that the new discipline. The discipline is let me focus on these things and not those other negative things that are depleting my energy. Yeah. Hey, child, listen now. If, if y'all, if y'all, if y'all are, if y'all don't have a therapist, you know, <laughs> don't don't ever say I never did anything for y'all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, didn't, <laughs> I, I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> um, the next question is. How do you overcome insatiability? Mm, this is such a good question. Because honestly, we all can fall victim to this in one way or another. <clears throat> so let me first say that when I think of insatiability, and probably when most people think about it, you might think of like the seven deadly sins kind of thing, you know, like green, right. and promiscuity, lust, whatever, uh, even wrath. You know, some people are addicted to just being angry and jacking people up. So the danger with insatiability is that it ultimately just leads to consequences. Like, it's almost like you're setting yourself up for consequences. And it causes you, in most cases, to either sell out or burn out. So... Mm -hmm. I think of it almost in terms of addictive behavior because that's what it's saying. It's saying that I need this, I need this, 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 to, as much as possible to feel alive or to feel mm-hmm. high on life 
then the danger is you become a slave to that behavior where you become dependent on that to feel anything. The problem is it's not real. You're not satiating the very need you're trying to meet. So you're Mm -hmm. setting yourself up to be hurt, to hurt others, um, and it's not providing any kind of opportunity for you to better guard your heart and your mind and your soul from unwanted influences that come with that kind of focus, mm-hmm. right? So, and I'll give an example. There are some men who, there's actually an athlete, I don't remember his name, but publicly he spoke about, he had slept with 600 plus women. With Mary. Oh, God. Yeah. And he just got burnt out. <laughs> I mean, obviously, right? Right. <laughs> and he expressed feeling like he he sold out. He sold himself out. He was searching so much for to fill a wound that was that uh was um I guess created from childhood. He was trying to fill that by pursuing these women really because he was trying to gain approval and admiration. So the core need was that, but the way he was going about it was through these women, and it was killing his marriage. I mean, she stayed too; it was amazing. She stayed through all that, but she didn't. She didn't even know how many women it was, and so it just it caused him to kind of sell his soul in a sense, trying to to meet the need in what we were talking about earlier those those superficial ways of trying to meet core needs. So um, I would encourage people to think about the fact that there's there's freedom that comes with discipline. People think of discipline as restrictive only. But if you consider like a parent-child relationship, your parents discipline you in love, in most cases, hopefully, in order right. to put, <laughs> Right, okay in order to correct the behavior and protect you from things that you're ignorant to. It's no different than the insatiability. If you're saying, I have no disciplines, I'm free, I can do whatever I want, give me more, give me more, give me more, you're, you are not protecting yourself and you're putting yourself out there to be harmed beyond what you even know, like how much, you can be hurt. You don't even know. So mm-hmm. there's there's freedom in discipline. That's that's my point. There's freedom with limits and parameters and boundaries. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the point. Oh, uh, okay. So last two. Lord have mercy. What what kind of questions y'all put me through? Okay, but <laughs> is the phrase "right person, wrong timing" accurate? And how do you navigate through that after a breakup? I say yes, that can be accurate. It can totally be accurate because sometimes a person cannot be in their healthiest state even though, let's say, the quote-unquote right person came along. And Mm -hmm. because you weren't in the best state at the time, you could not meet that person where they were in relationship. You couldn't meet their needs. 
and maybe you were rejecting their attempts to meet yours for whatever reason. So absolutely, mm-hmm. that can be accurate. Um, mm-hmm. After a breakup, I always encourage people to take some time uh, to to stay alone. People start to get, they start to feel the loneliness and then hop into another relationship, usually through sex first. And then they, they're mm-hmm. not really giving themselves the time to reflect and heal and process what happened or what they learned about themselves or someone else. And so the same cycle just keeps continuing. So, you know, if you've had a breakup, reflect on on that. Why did we break up? Were we a good match? Why weren't we a good match? Was I ready? Was he ready? Did we talk about real issues or did we avoid them? You know, like, mm-hmm. that's the time. Ask yourself the yep. time. Because you, you are in a relationship with yourself for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So it starts with you. <laughs> Please exactly. get to know you. That's very important. Very important. Take the time. Exactly, because it honestly just goes back to what we were saying previously, where if you don't have a foundation within yourself, then how could you possibly have a foundation with somebody else? You can't. It's impossible. I'll answer it for you. It's impossible. (laughs) It's impossible. impossible. You can't. There's no having a relationship with somebody else if you do not have a relationship with yourself. Well, let's say there's no way to have a, a healthy yeah, a healthy yes. of danger helps us to recognize 
what we need to do to stay alive. Like it's a survival response, right? Mm-hmm. So we're ne- our brains and our bodies are impacted more by negative stimuli than positive because of our, our, how we're wired. Um, the hope, based on what you believe, is that there will come a time where that will be different. Because honestly, if you think about it, if you don't have hope that things are going to get better, what would be the point of living, you know? <laughs> right, I mean, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's really kind of that basis. So if we understand that as we are where we are right now is this way, but there is hope, then that motivates you to want to change. If you mm-hmm. don't see hope, you're not going to be motivated to change. So it's you have to yeah you just have to have an awareness of yes there's a default of negativity now but it it doesn't have to it won't be that way forever that's the mm-hmm. hope that I have for everyone to be able to to think of it in that way that yes it's bad now it hurts now it's horrible now but it won't be forever um, exactly but but it, at least it can allow you to give yourself some grace and patience. Say, since it's so easy to think this way, then I have to understand it's going to be a struggle. It's mm-hmm. going to be hard. But guess what, boo? You can do hard things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to kill you. Right. You're not going to die. It's not going to kill you. It's going to be hard. Expect that. Expect that part already. And push through anyway. Do it anyway. Figure it out. Try some things out. Trial and error. You'll get stronger as you try more. If you don't try, you're not going to learn anything new, so therefore you're not going to be able to grow. And that is kind of just retreating on life and and just giving up and saying, well, it's going to suck anyway. What's the point? I'm done. Let me lay down and die. Okay, you have that choice, but I would hope you would choose something different if a certain awareness could be presented to you, that there is hope. There is hope mm-hmm. on the horizon. So let's walk in that direction. Let's make that the focus. Whatever you exactly. focus on is what's going to grow. If you focus on the mm-hmm. negative part and the default of I'm just always going to be this way and blah, 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 then you always going to be that way. But exactly. if you focus on the fo- on what you're trying to strive towards and the hope of that, then you can grow. You can be. You can surprise yourself at what you can become. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's our nature. Mm-hmm. We just naturally do that right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unfortunately. This was wonderful. Woo-hoo. Wonderful. Yes. I enjoyed I it. I love it. <laughs> Me too. That's like, fun. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> accepting this. Because I was like, Yo, this is about to be so good because this is something that I really, I really wanted to discuss and I really wanted, you know, my peers and for other individuals to really yeah. recognize why therapy is necessary, you yeah. know, and yeah. we had so many conversations um, just within my friend group and outside of my friend group, you know, I just hear constantly about relationships, about, you know, um, or the, the healing and the self-awareness and just you know, all the different opinions and things that people have when it comes mm-hmm. to it. And I'm like, y'all, you know, mm-hmm. I can I can talk to you all day long, but I don't want to listen to me because I'm not a professional, you know. <laughs> so let me get somebody that is 
and then we'll see if that changes your mind. You know, right. but I'm really, um, I'm really happy. I'm really happy about this. I'm so excited. I'm glad. I'm really glad. And honestly, Jasmine, I felt I felt drawn and compelled to do this. Um, Really? Because I sensed your desire to know more, and and I see what y'all are going through. The millennials. See, I'm on the very the very end of the whole millennial (laughs) group. Uh-huh. I'm right on the edge right there, right on the edge. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I'll say to young people, but I'm not that old, okay, y'all? Don't get it twisted. But I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> I can see it's a different generation, it's a different time, and I see what y'all are dealing with, and it's, it's a lot going on in this world right now. It and is. so I get why there's so many questions, and you're feeling confused and maybe lost at times because, the whole social media world is taking over the world. <laughs> and it's just hard to make sense sure. of what's going on. I get that. So, yeah, I felt compelled to do this. And honestly, I, I treat it as part of my ministry in life. Like, when we talk about purpose, that's a whole mm-hmm. other conversation. It took me a long time to get to this place. And so it's clear to me now more than ever about my purpose in situations just like this podcast. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to to do this, to minister in the way I felt I felt called to do. Thank you. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, that that means a lot to me. That really, really does. Because mm-hmm. honestly, like when I first thought about this platform or when I thought about, you know, creating this platform, mm-hmm. um, it was more so for me. <laughs> It was mm-hmm. it was it was more for me than anybody else uh, yeah. because I wanted to have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I love to talk and I love to have deep conversations and you know get to know people like on a deeper level. And I started yeah. realizing that not everybody wanted that. You know, mm, um, yeah, not everybody was ready to have those types of conversations. So I said, you know what? I'm about to trick y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> Exactly. Do it anyway. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> and I created this platform and to for people to tell their stories and for people to share, you know, what their purpose is and where they want to go in life. And yeah. then I kind of like trick it up to where it's like I ask I start asking questions that are deeper to to make them think, you know, and yeah. to recognize that this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is where you're mm-hmm. going, you know, to recognize their past because there's so many people that question it. You know, yes. that question why they're here and what they should be doing. And um, mm-hmm. I'm a believer, hardcore believer, you know. So when mm-hmm. it came to what I'm supposed to be doing now, like, I know that I'm in my purpose. I know that I'm supposed mm-hmm. to help guide people, you know, yes. and help people understand that, oh, no, you, you're on the right path. Keep going. You know what yes. I'm saying? I want to I wanna constantly push people and constantly motivate people to keep doing what they're doing, you yes. know. Be yes. unique, and you're yes. unique in whatever it is that you want to do. You know, right. just because somebody else has it or somebody else is doing it, that doesn't make it yours. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, what, what it again, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love you know, it. What you're, what you're doing right now is going to be different. You know, it's going to yeah. be a different conversation. Somebody's yeah. going to look at it differently, and somebody's going to say, oh, dang. See, when you do it, 
I get a different feeling. But when you mm-hmm. do it, like, something else comes from it. So right. I always try to tell people that it doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. It doesn't matter if somebody else yep. already started that. You know, you know yep. how a million people already have a podcast, but nobody's doing it how I'm doing it. You know what I'm That's saying? That's absolutely and, right. And I just, I have that mindset, and so I just go with it. You know, it doesn't matter to me yeah. how many people are listening, how many people are watching me, because at the end of the day, I know that I'm going to, I'm eventually I'm going to reach that one person, and that one yeah. person's going to be like, wait, what? Hold up. This yep. is, wait, what? And then it's going to be a domino effect, you exactly. know? And then now everybody is going to be like, oh, wait. Yeah, this, this is this is deep. Wait, hold on. This mm-hmm. is what this is what I've been thinking. You know, this is yeah. happening with my friends. You know, so yes. just Beautiful. to just to have this platform is the reason why I created it. It was for me, and now it's like, dang, you know, this yeah, never this for y'all too. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, right? <laughs> see how God worked that thing out. See, you see how that works. Uh huh. He said, oh, "Okay, I know you think that, but uh, here we go." No, but that's that's awesome. I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you. Like you're you're young, you're pursuing what you felt compelled to do and you're doing it well. You're doing it well and nobody can take your purpose from you. So so there's no chase for it. You don't have to chase after it. You don't have to run and feel like you run out of time, you're not doing it right and this person's doing it better. No. Your purpose is for you to have and that's for you. Can't nobody else have it. Can't nobody else take it. And you take your time to figure that thing out. You're doing it, though. <laughs> you are doing the doggone thing. Like, I'm proud of you. Thank I you. It's encouraging so to me. Amazing. Amazing. Again, I want to thank Brittany for just being a part of this show and being a part of this conversation and encouraging others and giving you know, advice where it was needed. I truly appreciate it. And I hope you guys took something from both parts, from the first part of this conversation to the second part. You know, um, I feel like, again, this conversation was needed and I hope that it starts the conversations within your your circle. You know, I love you guys and I want y'all got, I want you guys to continue exceeding while black, no matter what obstacle, no matter what person, no matter whatever is in your way, get through that shit because you can. You know what I'm saying? You're capable. You're capable of doing whatever it is you put your mind to, no matter what anybody has to say. You got this. I know you do. (laughs) So I love you guys and continue exceeding while black. Peace and love. I'm out.